As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the home group tonight. My name is Paul Ritter. My father, Rick Ritter, asked me to lead the home group, and I'm so glad that you have joined us. Thank you for joining us. Please let us know where you have joined us from. Where are you watching? Where are you joining from? It's so much fun when we get when we get to know each other on the home group. Today with me in the home group is Maxime, Daniel, and Joel. Hi, Joel. Hi, Paul. It is so good to be with you. And I have to say, Paul, I think you've been doing a wonderful job teaching us from the Bible. Thank you. You really have. And my friends, if you guys need prayer, please call us at 1-800-742-5593 or email us at prayer at renner.org. We believe in the power of prayer. And if you want to pray with someone, if you want someone to believe with you in prayer, it would be our honor to do that with you. But tonight is my son, Daniel. He is with us. Daniel, welcome. I'm glad to be here. And, you know, Daniel was with us yesterday. So you might be asking, why is Daniel with you again? Isn't he supposed to be in school? Well, Daniel, why are you here? I'm working. <laughs> Daniel's working tonight. He's with <laughs> us. And I think it's just wonderful. It's good when fathers and sons can work together. And where is your brother, Mark? Br my brother is at school. Very good. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And what, where are your uh, sons. My children are in school also with Mark. Our children, me and Joel's children, mm -hmm. actually go to the same school. So we get to see each other quite a bit. Hi, Maxime. Hi, hello, home group. I'm happy to be here. And Pastor Paul, I, I know that you will be talking about Holy Spirit today, right? Yes. I love talking about Holy Spirit. Please, please let's do it. Amen. Talking about the Holy Spirit is always a lot of fun because he's just like Jesus. And he leads us in so many ways. All right, Daniel, I'm going to ask you a question. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right, it's a very deep theological question. But it's a very simple answer. Mm -hmm. Where is God? God is a, a, up. Up, in heaven. Uh, in heaven. Okay, where is Jesus? Jesus is a heaven. Very good. Where is the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit is a heart. Very good. <laughs> Even Daniel gets it. It's pretty simple. God, of course, is omnipresent, but his throne is in heaven. Jesus is in heaven along with his Father, and the Holy Spirit is here with us. And when we get saved, it's actually the Holy Spirit that comes into our hearts. So many people say, when did you receive Jesus? Well, when did the Holy Spirit move into your heart. When you get saved, when you repent, it's actually not Jesus himself that comes into your heart. Jesus is in heaven at the right hand of the Father. It's the Holy Spirit that comes into you. And it's absolutely amazing that the Lord has put into us what 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians calls a treasure. Mm -hmm. And it's that treasure that's in us that leads us and guides us. It's that treasure that's in us that helps us make decisions and deal with all the pressures of life. So we know that we are individually the temple of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Chapter 3, verse 16. Know ye not that you are the temple of God and the Holy Spirit, uh, that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. What? 
Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and you are not your own? For you were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now we know that God bought us out of slavery, but at the same time that he bought us out of slavery, he gave us the freedom to serve him voluntarily. And what we do for God and our obedience to God, we do out of our voluntary, we do it voluntarily. It's what we do because we get to do it, not because we have to do it. And along with what God has given us, salvation, forgiveness, healing, there is so much more that God has given us. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4, Paul says that we've been enriched. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 5, that in everything you are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge. So what does it mean to be enriched and can that grow? Maxime, could you please read from yeah, Sparkling Jim? March 3rd. It's mm -hmm. important. If you have this book, please open it. And Pastor Rick is describing here the meaning of this wonderful word enriched. And uh, it's a Greek word, plusias. And this word conveys the following idea. I love reading it uh, from Sparkling Gems. You are invested with great spiritual riches because you are in Him. And that's not all. The longer you remain in Him, you just keep getting blessed with more and more wealth that comes from being in Him. Amen. So that wealth, that richness, that treasure actually ends up growing inside of each of us. And that is encouraging because as the pressures of life increase, so does his presence inside of us. And don't let this devil steal that from you. That was repeat from yesterday. Let's move forward. So if we are individually the temple of the Holy Spirit, then as a church, we should experience his presence in a very special and different way, even especially when we come together. And I come to church every single Sunday or every other meeting that we come together. I come to church with a sense of expectancy. Today I'm going to experience more. Today I'm going to experience something special. Today, because we are coming together as the body of Christ, and when the Lord blesses our service, I'm going to experience something very, very special. During worship, I'm going to experience His presence. During the message, I'm going to receive supernatural knowledge and instruction for my life. I come to every single church service with that type of expectancy. And I must say, as a pastor, I am dependent on each person that comes to church. Or it would be better if it said, I'm dependent on the Holy Spirit in each person that comes to church. Because as we come to church, as we gather as a body, all of a sudden, all this richness comes together and we experience God's presence differently, specifically during corporate worship. And I like corporate worship so much and I like the idea of us being together so much that I... I prefer not to turn the lights off during worship because I want to see the people that I'm worshiping the Lord with. And when I see someone who I know has some knee problems, but they're standing up and worshiping during the whole worship service, and every time someone says, stand up and sit down and stand up and sit down, they may be thinking, not again, not again, not again, stand up, not again, sit down. But I know that they're doing it anyway. At that moment, I think, 
if they're standing up and sitting down and they have knee problems, for sure I can clap. For sure I can jump. For sure I can rejoice in God's presence. If they're doing it, I can do it for sure. When I look around and see people who spend hours to get to church, and that's kind of normal in Moscow, for people to spend up to three hours to get to church. And that's one way, right? One way. In fact, if you spend less than an hour to get to church, you're kind of lucky because the majority of people spend more than an hour to get to church, and that's when they're going to a church that's relatively, or they would consider nearby their home. So when I look around the auditorium and see people that actually had to wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning to get to church in time to volunteer, if they can do it, I live near the church. I can do it for sure. If they've made that sacrifice, I should be the first one there. Other people, for some people, traveling to church isn't a big deal money-wise. It's not just, you know, they just get in their car and go. But for some people who don't have cars, the cost of transportation, public transportation, especially over the past few years, has gotten more and more expensive. And it actually costs them perhaps more to get to church than they're giving in the offering that day. It's a very humbling thought. It's a sacrifice for people to get to church. And when I see people worshiping, and I know a little bit about the people that I'm worshiping God with, it encourages me. I see their faith. I see their sacrifice. And all of a sudden, that encourages me because that's their act of worship. And this is something that we're doing together. So I really, really like corporate worship. And like all the spontaneous things that happen during corporate worship, when you catch glances with someone, or when you didn't expect to say hello to someone, but you ran into them, you know, that could be a divided appointment. When you see people that you don't usually run into, and you're actually expecting these type of uh, divine appointments. You know, you're, you run into people that you didn't know before. Joel, that actually happened to us not so many, not so long ago. It's happened many times. Yeah. One time I was at church on the move and I was, I was in Tulsa. I was just doing work and I was in Tulsa. And I went to church on the move on Sunday. Wonderful church. And I was just sitting there all by myself and I was just worshiping God and a gentleman next to me just had a word of knowledge for me. Mm. That was so special. I remember it to this day. That was a few years ago. There have been many times when that happens. Many, many times. You're right, Paul. Yeah. So you bring something with you when you come to church. You bring something that other people need. The other people need whatever treasure it is that you're carrying inside of you. Could be joy, could be faith, could be a word of knowledge, could be a word of prophecy. It just could be a, simply a smile. But whatever treasure it is you're carrying inside of you, other people need that. And when you choose not to come to church, you're actually stealing that from other people. And when you choose not to come to church, you're actually stealing from yourself because there's something that the Lord has prepared for you. When you come into church, come with a sense of expectancy because the Lord has spread these gifts around in the church so that we have a sense of dependency upon each other. And specifically, I like to say, I as a pastor am dependent upon the Holy Spirit in each of you. Even in the children, when we run into the kids at church, there's so much joy in meeting kids at church. 
it adds a lot of perspective when you run into the kids at church. But Paul, there's a lot of people who can't go to church. I mean, they're not able to physically go to church. Yes. Is watching online okay? Yes, watching online is <clears throat> wonderful. And in fact, if you're watching online, probably the church you're watching online provides opportunities for you to serve from home. So even what you have in you, there are probably ways that you can begin to share what you have by serving online in the church that you're joining. But let's talk about what the Lord has given us because Paul talks so much about these riches. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. So the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. So many people think that guy over there, he's special. I wish I had what he had. I just don't, I just don't have it. Well, here it says, to every man. And I believe what the Bible says. It says every man. So every single believer has something special to give. There's something that other people need that you have. And there's something that other people have that you need. Now, there's some gifts that I don't work in freely. Now, I love the gifts of help. For me, I, I just love it. Just, just give me a problem. Let my hands do something. I get real excited about setting up the chairs. I get real excited about throwing out the trash. I get real excited about setting up and tearing down the equipment. I mean, I get real excited about all, all these hands-on things. I like to do the hands-on things. I'm real good at all that. But there are some gifts that aren't my strong side. And when I see other people giving a word in tongues or interpreting it, sometimes I think to myself, it's not fair. I want to do that. I want to do that. They do that so well. They're so gifted in that. Well, two things happen whenever I begin to, when I fall into that type of thinking. First of all, is there's a temptation to be jealous. And you're not supposed to be jealous. That's not a good thing. Second thing that happens is whenever I begin, whenever I get jealous of what someone else has, and I'm sure you can be kind of jealous in a good way, like we're all supposed to want the things of the Spirit, but I'm not talking about being jealous in a good way. I'm talking about thinking, man, I wish I could do that. Uh, so first thing is jealousy appears, and that's not a good thing. Second thing that happens is at that time, I'm not appreciating the gift that God has given me. Because all these gifts are needed in the body of Christ. But when I think that one gift that that person have, has and I don't have is more important or brighter than my gift, at that moment, I'm not giving the appreciation that I should to the gift that God's given me. So instead of working on myself, instead of developing the gift that God's given me, I'm wasting time thinking, I wish I had what that person has. And that's where this understanding of the body of Christ comes in. We all need each other. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and we'll get into the gifts here in a minute, but 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse, uh, verse 16 says, Know you not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? So when we gather together, we should expect a movement of the Holy Spirit during the service, before the service, or after the service. At some point when we get together, you should expect that the Holy Spirit's going to start doing something more 
than you could have possibly understood or possibly expected. And that's really the attitude that I come to every single service with. So here in chapter uh, 12, it begins to talk about the manifestations of the Spirit. For to one is given the Spirit of the Word of Knowledge, to another the Word of Knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of, of tongues. So all of these things are given by the Spirit of God and to different people according to what his own way of doing things. I can't pick and choose. And it's another, in, in this way, we also see that he is the one leading us. He is, Jesus is the head of the church. And we have to have that basic, basic understanding or basic trust that he's actually the one leading the service. He's actually the one leading the church. He's actually the one that hands out all those gifts because he knows who we're in communication with. He knows that this person's going to need a word of knowledge soon and that person's going to need some healing. And so he spreads out the gifts so that we can all help each other. Maxime? Uh, Pastor Paul, what you're saying is so wonderful. And uh, uh, you were saying that you love doing practical things. And sometimes you get jealous of the people that... I, yeah, it's, it's my strong point and my weakness. Have, ...have different manifestations. But guess what? If, uh, if the guys like you did not set everything up, those who prophesy or give interpretation, they would have no place yes. to do what they do. So, so everyone is equal. Yes, please be good at what you do. Yeah, You know, please. sometimes, um, maybe it's more practical, but I am not a very good handyman. Do not give me a screwdriver or a hammer. I don't even want to screw in a light bulb. Like, I don't want to do any of that stuff. But I want to do other things the best I can. And when I see people who are very good and they excel and their garage looks like a masterpiece and they have every instrument up, set up perfectly, and they know which screwdriver fits which screw and which hammer is used for what nail, I'm like, wow, those people are amazing. Yeah. Please do that. You guys are very good at that. Do not give it to me. And I think it's good when we know what we're good at and what we're not good at. True. And, of course, we should have desire to do the best we can. But, you know, I think it's, it's, it's good to know yourself. And whenever you know what you're good at, it helps others be good at what they're good at. You don't get in their way. And, Paul, if you're good at helps or other things, I think that's just marvelous. Mm. Uh, it's what you do is very important mm -hmm. because, because there are people like you, people that don't have these gifts to do practical things. They can come to church. They can sing. They can rehearse. And only because there were people who were... Who, who, who are good with their hands. Uh, may I say something? I have, in my heart, I feel I should say, say it for the people that, Joe, like you said, there are people that do not have churches to go to. Yeah. And maybe we're their church. We're the church you have. I, I want to read for you this uh, place of Scripture. I know, you have, I know you know this verse, and I love this verse so much. Pa Pastor Paul, is that okay if I read it? Please, Maxine. It's 2 Corinthians 13 chapter verse 14 it's a famous verse the grace of the lord jesus christ and the love of god and the communion of the holy spirit 
be with you all. Mm -hmm. And I want to ask you to pay attention to the very last part. And the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. And I'm speaking to you if you don't have a church to go to. If our fellowship or maybe some other internet fellowship, uh, if that's the only thing you have, and you cannot go to church like Pastor Paul was, was saying. You go to church and you depend on the Holy Spirit in others. Mm-hmm. There are people that can do, Holy Spirit in them can do something for you. So, But if you're just staying home, I want to encourage you by uh, saying the following. The communion of the Holy Spirit. The communion, it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing Greek word, koinonia, koinonia. Maybe you heard this word. But I want to tell you something wonderful about this word. In those times... In the Greek-speaking world, when the Bible was being written, the word koinonia was interchangeable with the word marriage. It's very important. Mm. Stay with me. The word koinonia, fellowship or communion of the Holy Spirit, the word koinonia was interchangeable with the word marriage. What is marriage? Marriage is the closest possible relationships between two people on earth. So the Bible here is telling us that Holy Spirit is our family. Holy Spirit is our family. And if you're staying home, you cannot go to church, there's no fellowship that you could attend, please know Holy Spirit is your family. He is your family. You are His family. Isn't that wonderful? He is your family. You are His family. And as your family member, Holy Spirit is your family member. He cares for anything you care for. You care about your kids, He cares about your kids. Your car is, be- your car is being broken, you're concerned, He's concerned. You're concerned about your fa- finances, you care about your finances. He cares about your finances because He is your family. Holy Spirit is your family. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? So this verse the communion of the, of the Holy Spirit, the word communion, koinonia, was inter, interchangeable. Am I saying it correctly? Mm-hmm. Interchangeable with the word marriage. Marriage, the closest possible relationships between two individuals. So the Bible here is telling us that He is our family. Holy Spirit is my family. Holy Spirit is your family. Holy Spirit is our family. Amen. Thank you for allowing me to share this. Mm-hmm. I just felt I needed to say it for the people that... Just Amen. stay home. Holy Spirit is your family. Amen. Thank you, Maxime. And Joel, Maxime, thank you for encouraging me to do what I'm best at. Of course. Thank you for doing what you're best at. And I want to encourage you, do what you're best at, and specifically use the gifts that God has given you. Do whatever you can to use the gifts that God has given because someone else needs your help, just like you need someone else's help. Father God, I thank you for this fellowship that we've had here tonight. Thank you, Lord, that we individually are the temple of the Holy Spirit and corporately. I ask you, Lord, to help us to value our corporate fellowship, our corporate meetings. Help us, Lord, to value what we experience when we come together as amen. a church. In the name of Jesus, amen. Bye-bye.